When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I know, I know we took a two-week vacation. You'll find out why after our intro, but uh, this is Bobcat Tracks brought to you by Ohio Health. Bob Bolton's with me. He's in for Mike Schulze. Yeah. Hey. 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 What's up? Uh, Mike Schulze's out with COVID. So we're going to get creative, and we have one of our best Bob Bolton here as well. So uh, softball season coming to an end, all of our spring season stuff. Baseball's trying to get underway in Muncie. Uh, Caravan news. Bob was in Cleveland. And then also some men's basketball news and football schedule times released today. So with that, let's get started. Time to get agitated, Bobcat fans. It's time for Bobcat Tracks with Jungle Jake Ramada and Mighty Bob Bolden. That's Bob, good. Bob, that good. Bob, yes. thanks, thanks for joining us. Yes, of course. I appreciate it. Uh, Schulze's got COVID, sadly. Uh, he was on his way to Muncie, actually, for the baseball tournament, but then found out on his way to Muncie that he got COVID. So he came right back. So it's unfortunate that... Uh, we wish him a uh, speedy recovery. He said he's just, he, he just had he's he's good. He just has a cold, so he's but he's going through his quarantine process. So Schulze, speedy recovery. Speedy recovery. <laughs> it's nice to be called up. I'm yeah. happy to come off the bench and get some reps here. Well, you did a little podcasting for us during COVID. Yes. So you have experience. I have experience. Quality time. We did some quality time. That's what it was called. That's Qual- what it was called. Who did you talk to in your in your quality time? Um, I, I had some really good conversations with a lot of our head coaches. Um, Aaron Rodgers was one of them. Um, uh, Joel, Mm. um, we talked with Kenzie. Um, we talked with Allie Mm. Uh, and, uh, we started with Jeff, uh, that, that was, uh, at the time when we did it was probably who I was most comfortable with and it was the subject of basketball. So mm-hmm. I kinda got my feet wet with him. But I will tell you that I thoroughly enjoyed doing them. It was really neat to kinda dig in and and learn learn about these other sports. Um, you know, I'm notoriously quiet, shy and stick to basketball mm-hmm. and Cleveland Browns football. Um <laughs> so it was nice to kind of kinda of get out of that shell a little bit and mm-hmm. talk to other people and learn about their sports and um, I think what's really unique is the coaches at Ohio have all had these different paths to get here. Um, and they all have some really special stories that, that I think we do a really good job of highlighting when they get hired. Um, but like in Aaron and, and Joel's case, like they've been here for so long, like we've, we've almost forgotten, you know, like Joel's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, Aaron was an elite men's soccer player and, yeah. and those stories kind of get buried as we, as we kind of move forward, mm-hmm. you know, Ali was playing for the national team. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're really good at the press release time, but then you're so busy working on your team and 
as a head coach, you don't want the story to be about you. The story should be about the team. It should be about the players. Mm -hmm. And it, it was just kind of nice to, to kind of bring those back and kind of go through those glory years and talk about the successes that they had before they became coaches. Mm -hmm. So uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, I know this summer we're going to try to do more of that. Because obviously, I mean, you're a coach. You want to talk about your kids. You don't want to talk about you. And um, so hopefully this summer series we can highlight our coach a little more and, and bring out uh, some of those stories that you're talking about as well. Yeah, we, we have some magnificent ones. Mm -hmm. We really do. And then it gets caught into once you become the head coach now, anybody really cares about is winning and losing. Yeah. Right? And then you kind of lose the backstory or the path that, that these people had to go just to get the job mm -hmm. um, and and things of that sort. So yeah. I, I think to me that was very, very interesting. I mean, mm -hmm. the – like the our, our fans know the winning and losing. You go to the website, you can see the winning and the losing, and mm -hmm. and whatever. And and that's important. We should try to win. Believe me, we, and we're all trying our very best to do so. Mm -hmm. um, but to me, it was the it was about the the person and the backstory that was most interesting, and, and something I really enjoyed doing. I love that. So let's get into uh, some. In the two weeks we've been gone, sorry. Uh, I mean, Schulze was in Cancun for a little bit, and then when he came back, I left. I was in Oregon, so and I was also in Oxford with softball. So that's why our podcast schedule kind of got uh, a little little lost in there. But um, softball season they did come to an end. Uh, twenty three and twenty five overall, seventeen and ten though in MAC play, so a good conference season for Kenzie Roark and company. Uh, track and field also their season ended in our little uh, time away at Max in Kalamazoo. Baseball's trying to get underway in Muncie, but the, the the rain just won't stop there. Yeah, and that's one uh, negative about spring sports; they just can't can't get it started. So at the time of taping, baseball has not started yet. I mean, they've been I think delayed three or four times. So yeah. I, I, could you imagine at least Craig, a full day, right? Yeah, could you imagine Craig right now? I mean, you're you're just <laughs> trying to play a game, but imagine if your basketball tip time was pushed back four times. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, we had a game. We were scheduled to play at Northern Illinois. Uh, they had a level three snow emergency here in Athens, mm -hmm. and we obviously you're not out on the roads, so we couldn't leave Athens. Um, <laughs> so we did postpone. Or we ended up going the next day, but. Um, yeah, so you, you worry about that inclement weather and travel, but at least for our sport, like once you get there, we can play. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like once we were once we were into Cal, we knew we were going to play. Yeah. You know, I, I I can't imagine just sitting around waiting and, you know, you, kids and athletes have these pregame routines, especially in baseball. I feel like it's one of the most superstitious superstitious of all the sports. Yeah. And I, I can't imagine, you know, getting ready to play and then not, then getting ready to play, then not, then you know, like it's got to be, it's got to be tough on the kids. Yeah. They, they don't just get their 60 minutes before tip. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Show <laughs> up and stretch and yeah. Uh, <laughs> some other news around Ohio athletics. Uh, I want to thank everybody who came out to the Cleveland caravan. You were there. Uh, can you give us and some of our listeners, some, what Cleveland, the Cleveland caravan was like, uh, we talked about the Cincinnati one, so uh, that kicked off our series. Mm -hmm. But you're in Cleveland. Yeah, I was how, in Cleveland. How much fun was that? Great. I love going back there. Obviously, I grew up in the Northeast Ohio area, not as close to Cleveland as you grew up, but in that area. Um, so I, I enjoy being up there. Um, on the second floor, Harry Buffalo's great spot. Beautiful night. Windows were open. Mm. You know, good crowd and. Um, you know, Tim and I got to visit with some people and talk, and and Spencer ran a, a little panel and question answer it was it's always nice to be out and about that's for sure and our next one is in lancaster uh june 1st at alehouse 1890 address 149 west main street in lancaster once again june 1st alehouse 1890 so lancaster is different from columbus way different from our columbus caravan i, I mentioned that i grouped the two together and uh, a fan did tell me in a softball game he said Lancaster is much different from Columbus so I learned the hard way there and now I respect that Lancaster and Columbus are two separate like they you can't no you can't it's much them. like Akron and Cleveland right Correct. You, like, yeah don't you yeah. can't like people outside of Cleveland and Akron would just be like oh Akron's Cleveland but it's yeah. not so right. Lancaster Columbus I was that outsider that grouped them together so uh, Columbus Bobcats your caravan June 8th at uh, 1487 Brewery in Plain City, and then our Athens Caravan at Eclipse Company store at the end of the month on June 23rd. So you will be at uh, some caravans too, you said? I will. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's nice just to kind of be out and about and talk to talk to our fans um, and, and, you know, just give some insight to what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of questions and wondering, like anticipation, mm -hmm. right? Uh, like what's what's next? And, and I think it's it's like that for every sport. And, um you know, you're getting ready to ramp up the season, and everybody generally is pretty excited about their teams in the summer. Mm -hmm. um, there's generally a good enthusiasm, so it's it's a good time, that's mm -hmm. for sure. 
Um, some men's basketball news in our time away. A, they just got a transfer from Tulane, uh, Devon Baker. We could talk about him. A Dayton native, just averaged uh, six points a game in uh, over 18 minutes a game. Played 26 games uh, at Tulane last year, uh, also had seven starts. And also in our time away, you guys got a transfer too, correct? Correct. Are you able to talk about I your transfer? I am tra- not. You're not? Okay, well, so we're not going to talk about your transfer. We're not going to. <laughs> but we have one. Okay. Doom, doom, doom. Stay tuned then? Yeah, stay tuned. Stay we'll tuned? Have, okay. We'll hopefully have a release out uh, early next week late next week okay um perfect yeah the men have done a great job of uh of using the transfer portal Mm -hmm. you know whether you like it or you don't like the transfer portal you have to admit that it's here Mm -hmm. um and it's it's a it's a method to build your team Mm -hmm. and and now you have uh high school kids um you have junior college kids and you have transfers and you've always had transfers it's just been easier now we've we've cut through some of the red tape to get transfers eligible Mm -hmm. um and I think that's good for kids. You know, kids have a short period of time to play, and we should we should honor that. We should be respectful of that time and, and do what we can to help players play. That's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the NCAA has done a good job of that. Breaking news. Literally just came out when we were having our interview with Aaron Rodgers of this episode. Um, so football times came out today. Some TV times, too. Uh, first game against FAU is a 6 o'clock kick. ESPN Plus, the season opener against FAU, uh, 6 o'clock kick. Then September the 10th at Penn State, get this, Bob, noon kick on ABC. Wow. Yeah, for the 10-year ten, wow. anniversary of Ohio upsetting Penn State back in 2012. That was nice of them to put it on at noon for us. Right? How about that? Noon on ABC. That'll be fun. Um, so, yeah, if you're a Bobcat trying to make plans to go out to, to Penn State for that game, I mean, noon, ABC, I mean, there, there's, yeah. there's a little more on the line there, which would be cool. Yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. I think that 6 o'clock start, that uh, home opener is going to be wild. Mm-hmm. I mean, those those early tailgating at those early games has always been uh, a popular attended event, let's just say. <laughs> it's and true, I, And too. I think a 6 o'clock game here at home to start the season will be pretty special. Speaking of uh, well-attended events and tailgating, homecoming against Akron. Um, oh, no, my phone went away. But it's a 2, o- <laughs> <laughs> it's a two o'clock kick, uh, October 8th for homecoming. So anybody wanting to come back to Athens for homecoming on October the 8th, that's a 2 o'clock kick against Akron. So that, too, is a well-attended event. Absolutely. I feel like all of our six listeners want to know what homecoming yes. is. So um, Aaron Rodgers uh, – Good coaching friend of yours, too. Uh, he's our guest today. Um, what are some of your thoughts from that, Aaron, or some takeaways from that Aaron uh, interview that we had earlier? Um, I mean, you can just tell uh, – you can tell the passion that he has for his sport and um, his players. And, he, you know, he talked about how his players really care about each other, but that starts at the top. That starts mm-hmm. because he cares about them. And, um, you know, he's – he's very passionate about what he does and he comes in and he does it and, and he puts, he puts his heart and soul into it. And it was really, um, it was nice to see them have the success that they had. I was really proud for him to get the individual award, the coach of the year award that he got. I think it was well-deserved. Um, and he's, you know, like you said, that that's kind of over now. And, Mm -hmm. and, and that's kind of the way that a coach's mind works is that you get it and it's fun. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, we probably should excel- should celebrate those victories a little bit more than we do, but the reality of it is the next season's coming. you got to get ready for it. And it sounds like their team's reloaded and ready to go and mm-hmm. um, should be an exciting fall. All right, with that, here's Aaron. Aaron, thanks so much for uh, for taking the time out. I know you're you're probably so busy right now like the rest of us here in May, right? Yes, very busy. That's the right very answer. Busy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, okay. Yeah. That, now, really, with some recruiting and mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, and we got a big recruiting weekend coming up. Yeah. Where so. Where are you going? New Jersey. Ooh. Yeah. What's out in New Jersey? That. Uh, so one of the big soccer leagues is called the ECNL, and they're doing a a really big nationwide showcase in Somerville or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like south of New York City. It's pretty cool. Near yeah. Rutgers. Okay. Yeah. Are you going to the city at all or no? No, heck no. No. I'll be watching soccer games from like 8 to 8. I'll be too wiped out to be (laughs) driving into the city. Are you a city guy or no? I like the city. Yeah? Yeah. Just like cities in general or or are you? Okay. I like cities. What's the best city you've been to? In the U.S. or in the world? Uh, It doesn't matter. Uh, Start in the U.S. In the U.S. Best city I've ever been to. That's a good question. I do like New York City a lot. Okay. I think New York. I guess it depends on what you're looking for. But I like New York City a lot. I 
San Diego's awesome because of the weather. Um, I mean, I like the big cities in Ohio. I do. I like <laughs> I like Cleveland. I like Cincinnati. You know, Columbus is a little different feel than Cleveland and Cincinnati, but it has its great parts too. But I do, and I mean, I do like being able to go to those cities in our great state. So let's talk about the season a little bit. You, you, why are you smiling at me? <laughs> I'm just happy to be here, yeah, man. Me. I'm just that's normally I'm just me. happy to be here. That, that's me too. Um, I get to sit, I get to sit aside the talent. <laughs> I get to sit across from the the coach of the year. Yeah. Um, tell us about that. I yeah. know, and you've been you've been very reluctant to talk about being the coach of the year. Um, I'm very humble in your approach. Um, but open up just a little bit about you're in this, you're grinding. You've had teams that have, for lack of a better term, not been good, as we both have. Yeah. I mean, we, we've had that conversation. Yeah. We've had we've coached teams who have just flat out not been good. Yeah. Um, you have a team. You are good. Um, and – you know, many people might not understand how close you were from just outright winning the whole league last year, mm -hmm. right? I mean, just mm -hmm. uh, and in your game, obviously, a goal's not like a basket in my yeah. game, right? Where yeah. <laughs> there's thousands of them, there's yeah. one, but like you guys are in a really good spot mm -hmm. the week before, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but like when you get that, you go because you won the coach of the year, and they interview you, and you don't you don't even talk about it, right? Because your mind's on the playoffs and the tournament all that kind of stuff but now it's been some time you've had some time so what does it what does that what does it truly mean to you uh i mean i think it just means that the the players of and the program has kind of embraced my thought process of how i think a successful college program should be and and I think, you know, I put a lot of credit into our assistant coaches that have been before the present assistant coaches and the assistant coaches now and the players before and, and the players now. Um, it, I mean, listen, I, I, I tried to, to be humble about it, but, I mean, be realistic. I mean, we all are proud of individual honors like that. Um, but uh, And it, it meant a lot for to be voted by the peers because, obviously, our our coaching peers are the ones that do the voting for that. And so that was, that was very humbling and, and it, it meant a lot that they recognize how hard we've been working and, and how our team and the program has kind of evolved over the years. Um, and so it, it does mean a lot, but you know, as, as a, as a coach speak would be like, well, I mean, we're two months away from the next season now. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, that was a long time ago. Yeah, we kind of missed our peak of celebration, <laughs> right? Because, like, it already is, you know, on to the next, right? That's yeah. just the way we're wired. And yeah. you know, we kind of joked earlier, like, you know, May feels like a time where we're not really that busy. but And you don't necessarily have anything on the calendar, mm -hmm. but it just turns out that you are busy, right? Because you're always building that team. There's always kids coming by the office. There's always something Mm -hmm. to be doing right mm -hmm. and the recruiting world never ends as yeah. you mentioned you're headed yeah. out this weekend yeah absolutely but yeah it, it was it was it was a phenomenal season um it was really satisfying to see the players really compete at such a high level on and off the field and how they connected together and and it means a lot to me and our coaching staff that that they have embraced all of that mm -hmm. Let's rattle this off really quick. So highest win percentage since 2002. You're 11, 5, and 3. Uh, 6, 9, 4 percent win percentage. Um, seven MAC wins most since 2006, also second in the MAC. I mean, those are – you mentioned earlier uh, in answering Bob's question how special the group was and what they've – and they bought into your thought process mm -hmm. and, and how you coach. What was it in your eyes that was so special about this group that – I mean, you had several – all Mac honorees also this year. I mean, you're, you're losing some of them, mm -hmm. at least with COVID. I don't know. You can clear that up if yeah. I'm wrong there. But what was so special about this group? You know, this this group is, to a person, has been just a, a, a wonderful human first. I mean, and they really, truly embrace serving each other. They really, truly embrace doing things for the team, mm -hmm. not trying to get whatever honors for themselves or to score the goals, the most goals or the most assists or the most passes or the most saves. They truly don't 
they don't embrace it. They embrace team first. And I know, you know, we're not we're not doing rocket science here. Like we're not doing brain surgery. We're not, you know, we're not um, doing anything that's so so scientific like that. But it it is true when a team embraces the team first and each other first, you're going to be more successful than you're not. Even if, because so, and I tell our players all the time, the Mac is such a competitive league in all sports because the parity that we have is unbelievable because we're all very similar in size. We're all very similar in budgets. We're all very similar, obviously, in location. Mm -hmm. And we're all recruiting basically the same pool of players. And so what's going to separate us from the 11 other Mac schools. And it probably isn't going to come down to technique. It's going to come down to how well we serve each other. And if we can serve each other better than everybody else, we are going to be more successful than we're not. Mm-hmm. And I think this group really embraced that. Mm-hmm. Our, do you have some key returners coming back? I, I know just yeah. because of COVID, it may sound like a stupid question, mm-hmm. but you just never know who has the extra year, who's yeah. who's, com- who's coming yeah. back, who's not. I yeah. mean, a- anybody from that group? That yeah, like Abby Townsend will take a fifth year COVID okay. year. Sam Wexel, our goalkeeper, will take a fifth COVID year this year. Okay. Um, so uh, Haley Miller, who was another um, winner of, of some individual awards, you know, she was a key component to the team. She'll take a, a fifth COVID year as well. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And like talk without talking very specifics, um, you know, w- our sport is a head count sport. Everybody gets a full scholarship. We don't have choice, no negotiating. Um, I've walked into your office and <laughs> seen this script, <laughs> this spreadsheet that <laughs> I, I don't know how long I'd have to study it to figure <laughs> it out. Um, but just talk to us a little bit about um, – you know, the thought process was going through that. Um, and then if you care to, I mean, if you're done with the COVID talk, I think we all are. But if you if it goes that direction, talk about how you dealt with COVID. And as you mentioned, kids coming back for a fifth year. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that, that messes with your equivalencies a little bit. But, you know, just talk to the people that are listening about, you know, what's it like doling out those scholarships and, and the thought process of how you, of what gets you to that moment? Yeah, I think being a, an equivalency sport, I mean, we have to manage that. I mean, as Bob said, we have I have a spreadsheet that just adds up to the amount of scholarships that we have, and it's all we're dealing with these percentages. And so, you know, it is a balance, um, you, you know, and each each player is different, you know, and, and we're fortunately able to stack academic and athletic money here for, for, uh, for equivalency sports. So, some kids with better academics are going to get a little more academic money. So maybe that can help offset some athletic money. I don't necessarily go into it that way with, with, with these uh, PSAs, but um, it is part of it. I mean, we have to, cause you know, at the end of the day for a, an equivalency sport, these families are just worried about what bottom line they're going to have to pay. You know, when you're in a headcount sport, well, they know it's zero, so that you don't have to worry about that. So I'm always having these conversations with with families about, well, what at the end of the day, how much am I going to have to pay? You know, it's like when you go and you buy a new car, you're like, what's my payment? Yeah. <laughs> what's right. my payment going to yeah. be? Like, I don't yeah. care how much the car is. What's my payment going to be? And that's kind of what we deal with. So, so you know, it is one of those situations too where it is not an exact science, and we're we are offering something to somebody that we hope and that we feel that we've been able to um, evaluate well, but you never know when it comes to this level because the jump even from the top youth league to Division One college soccer is so huge. Mm-hmm. As you're thinking about, like, every player on our roster started and played just about every minute for their youth team. And then they come here and we have a 29-player roster, you know, and we only play, you only play 11 on a field, you know, and we sub and things like that. But there are players in the, that don't get to play much. And you know, how do they deal with that? And so, so it is a it's a huge it is a huge uh, competitive jump. Um, and so, I think when we, but when we make those those offers, we have players all over. We have players that are on a certain equivalency that are doing much more than people on a higher equivalency, and vice versa. So there's no exact science to it. It it is just kind of it is each 
year is different and each player is different. And so just managing that spreadsheet and listen, I'm not very smart, so it's not really that complicated because <laughs> I made it and yeah. I can do a few <laughs> things on Excel <laughs> and summing a column is one of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you walk, if you ever see it, it's, it's mind blowing. <laughs> is, it, is it color coded? No, I have a little bit of yellow highlights on there okay. for different things, but yeah. it's mostly just black and white. Yeah. We're not sure if those kids are good or bad. But <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody ever sees it, I don't know if that means you're a good player or a bad player, but yeah. there are people highlighted. Yeah. I have yeah. seen yeah. that. Yes. <laughs> um, you're bringing in seven players. Like mm -hmm. you said, there, you have so many players on your roster. You're bringing in seven. You have some returns from last year taking some COVID years, and you're also you're adding some defensive transfers too. Yes. So, yeah. Um, New faces and stuff. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll, we're going to talk later on in the summer too, like right before the season. So yeah. you don't have to go in too, too much yeah. on, on your new faces. Yeah. But I mean, especially with the portal too. I mean, it may be how you've kind of maneuvered that the last couple of years because you brought in some last year. Mm -hmm. You're bringing in some this year mm -hmm. too, and uh, just kind of uh, w what your um, attack plan, I guess, is w when it comes to new faces and yeah. the portal. So we we bring in seven freshmen. And we have three transfers coming in. Or two of the transfers came in in January. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so, and then we have a third that's a grad transfer. So the other two transfers are undergrad transfers, and they'll finish in their undergraduate degree here. But then, and they're here. Mm -hmm. And then our grad transfers, she'll come in August when we, when the freshman report. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, excited. I mean, we did graduate a lot on our back line defensive. We returned pretty much all of our attack. Um give or take a, a player or two, um, but we needed to kind of reinforce defensively, and so that's where we kind of went into the transfer portal to figure out, all right, who has some college experience that can come in mm -hmm. and, and contribute, and so really the three that we brought in from transfers are all defenders, mm -hmm. and so um, the two undergrad transfers and the grad transfer, mm -hmm. and so w we look forward to them, and then obviously the freshmen, the, from the freshman standpoint, that we have some that are defenders, midfielders, attackers, mm -hmm. Um, so we got to, and goalkeepers. We have two goalkeepers coming in. So um, I think they'll all add really well. I'm really excited about this class. I'm really excited. I mean, I listen. I know I think in today, but I'm also thinking years down the road. I'm really excited for the 23 recruiting class that we obviously they are committed to us, but we can't talk about them because they haven't signed yeah. yet. Um, but really excited for the future and you know for them to continue to build on what we've been able to build over the last three four years. Mm -hmm. I noticed with this class. Do you have a question? Sorry. No, okay. Sorry, no, just, I was, was going to bring. I was gonna no, you're you're the talent, man. I'm okay. just here. I'm okay. the co-host. I'm I, just here. I'm going to bring this up too. He was also the talent at one point. We were talking about yes, this before you yes, walked in. Yes, he's had his own podcast. He's had his own podcast. So you can't throw that term on me. With, with, yeah. With no, he should. He yeah. he's a good talker. He's he's very fluid. <laughs> he's got he's got good vocabulary. He's yeah. got good diction. He gets yeah. like real crisp enunciation of words yes. and. And worldly and spreadsheets and very worldly oh yeah we never got to do, talk about my best city in the world yeah oh too. yeah oh uh, we'll pick up on that <laughs> here in a second i just want to finish this no please. before because i don't want to jump to cities and then back to recruiting yeah no whatever but uh your class coming in yep i notice a lot of them are not from columbus but nearby yeah. columbus too how uh, uh, how do i word this here um how critical is Columbus, I guess, to you in, in recruiting, not just that area, but but state as well? Because I know you're going to New Jersey, and I, yeah. I, I don't know how many Ohio teams maybe would be there traveling in, in clubs and whatnot, but, I mean, how, how important is it to you to, to own home? Yeah, I, I mean, it's huge. I mean, and I, you know, I said to a friend of mine that runs one of the biggest clubs in 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 Ohio is that, listen, if, if somebody – I get it, the lure of Power 5. I get it. I understand that. Um, but – we want to be the first option for those that don't aspire or have the ability to go power five, but choose to have a different route. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to be the first option for that. And especially in the state of Ohio, because obviously being an in-state school from, you know, we talked about the financial side of things, um, having a reputation, a great reputation as a state university mm -hmm. from Ohio university in the state, people know it, people love it. Um, and so I think that's a, that's a huge advantage for us. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and obviously being biased, I mean, I feel that we have the best opportunity here from a athletic and academic stand and a, and a social standpoint mm -hmm. for these student athletes. Yeah, I mean, we're the clearly state. the best school in the state. 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. We Absol- all agree. Absolutely. We all agree. Absolutely. Is, it, is this a good state for soccer? Yeah, and I think that's the that's the next level of that. I mean, yeah. I think Ohio has a really good base of soccer players, and so for us to be able to kind of recruit inside this region, inside this Midwest region, be it Western Pennsylvania, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Chicago, I think. Chicago is obviously in the footprint of the Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not super far away, and then obviously the amount of people that just live in the greater Chicagoland area. Mm-hmm. We do always, we always usually get a player or two from that area, um, and so it's been a good pipeline for us there. So, but yes, we wanna we wanna be able to be the first choice in in this Midwest area mm-hmm. for 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 those players that don't have the opportunity to go to Power Five or may. But want to try in a, a different a different path for and sure. So yeah, New Jersey. You say like that's just a really big showcase. All the teams from Ohio will be there. All really? the teams from Michigan will be there, and it's it's good because we see them a lot here at home. Mm-hmm. But we get to see them play against teams from the West Coast, from Texas, from the Southeast, and so it kind of gives you a different perspective of them playing at a different mm-hmm. level. No. Spoken no. like a true Texan, right? The, there's the <laughs> West Coast, there's the East Coast, there's the Southeast, there's Texas, yeah. right? Like this is true. <laughs> yeah, every Texan thinks that they're, yeah. they're their own. They don't even they're not they're not even sure they're part of the United States anymore. No. But he knows that it's Texas. It's ingrained in all the in other you. parts. Of it's it, ingrained yeah. in you from birth, basically. Yeah. When yeah. you live and grow up in Texas. Then. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you holstering your gun before <laughs> yeah. you came into. <laughs> I put it in the lockbox. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know that that is. You didn't mention like Dallas or anything when it comes to cities that you've visited or anything from Texas. Or back to cities. Let's go back to cities. Boy, no. you said you weren't going to jump around. Yeah. Here well, you now, go, now, Mr. I Le- mean, Mr. I Mr. Leapfrog. Now let's go. Now this is the whole off the rails part. Dallas of is good. I mean, it's a good city. It's a big. It's big and. Austin, you know, even Austin is a really cool city. Are you gonna? Are yeah. You want? Do you want to say your favorite city? No, is that what we're no, doing? Because no, this <laughs> is about. Oh no! Because you keep giving him cities to yeah, say. Austin You'd like to give cool. your favorite city. I, I, okay. <laughs> I, I will tell you this, and this is per- I'm muting my headset. This is per- personal, personal opinion. So no disrespect to anybody, but who's gonna be disrespected? Is your no opinion? One. Who cares? I, well, we have six listeners. It's okay. Okay, good. Well, one of the six. Stop it. Houston is not my favorite city. Too why, hot. Why would it be? Too hot. Well, we're, not, we're talking. We're going through the. List I know he wants. Yeah, right. Uh, of Texas cities, yeah. and it's yeah. a major U.S. city. Too hot. Too crowded. Too humid. Not a fan of it. Okay. But so I do which like. One? I do like Dallas, Fort Worth, um, Austin. Is San Antonio is a cool city. Okay. You know the Riverwalk. Do all those things. It's just hot as hell down there, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, back to cities in the world. If you if you want to. Uh, Buenos around. Aires, Argentina. What were you doing there? Just watching soccer. Oh, soccer, really? man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably my favorite city in the world. It's real. It's just such a cool place, and people are so cool, and just a lot of history, and you know, it's it's a very European city in South America. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just a lot of diversity of of. Um, the herb, urban, the urban, urbanization of it. I mean, how you get the influence from all the different Italy and Spain and Germany and all the different European countries. Like they kind of just melted there in, in Buenos Aires, and it's a pretty cool and great soccer too. Yeah, I mean, you're, that, that's my question. I did. I was doing research today. Yeah. Um, and you are you're a, you're you're a soccer aficionado. Like you're always watching these games because I guess when you're a soccer fan, you watch games like all day because oh, yeah. that's when they're on, right? Yeah, they're not yeah. on at seven o'clock. Yeah, because there are many of them are from Europe, right? So, yeah. yeah. Um, but I was reading an article about the top twenty-five players under twenty. Under twenty. Yes. Ooh, I don't remember. So this I is, may not know. Many this of is my well. Know. No, this is my question to you. Um, I want to know who there. There were two Americans in the top five. And I want you to tell me which Gio one, Reyna. Uh, which one, which one you think is better. Okay, so I'm gonna say Gio Reyna is one of them. Well, I'm gonna say Trinity oh. Rodman. Oh, so so male and female. And this all female. Oh, all female. Okay. Yes, I'm the women's basketball coach, and I promote women's sports. Uh, I promote all sports. <laughs> I'm getting Trinity Rodman. Okay. Or Sophia Smith. 
I have seen Sophia Smith play in real life, and she's super good. And, and I have not seen Trinity Rodman play. And in why real didn't life. she play for us? <laughs> <laughs> she, I think she played. It. Did she play UCLA? No, USC. Uh, it, um, was, it wasn't in the article. I, I can only tell you what I read in the article. Those two women are unbelievably powerful and athletic. Just um, you know. So Trin which one's better? Trinity Rodman is Dennis Rodman's daughter. No, no way. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. And she actually just signed the most lucrative women's professional contract in the U.S. in the NWSL. I think a million over three years or something like that. Really? Yeah. Good for her. That's I, sweet. I'll take either one. Well, I mean, give me your opinion. I think Sophia Smith's a little older, so, you know, she's – she – isn't she a little older? What? What? Is, what is, uh, Sophia's twenty-one yeah. and Rodman's twenty. Yeah, yeah. I, both amazing players. I mean, I, I they're both super powerful and super athletic. Can score goals. I mean, I saw Sophia Smith play um, in a couple summers ago and just watch from field level. Just seeing how quick and powerful she is was pretty awesome to see. And being able to finish chances too. Yeah. Yeah. Are either of them the best in the world under 21? Yeah, I don't know enough of the other countries under 21 players. According to ESPN, Trinity's the number one player in the world under 20, under 21. Hometown bias, I guess. Yeah, I mean, of course. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I, would, why, yeah, I wouldn't right. see why she wouldn't be up there. Lauren Hemp was number two. Uh, Lena Obendorf was number three. And then... Sophia Smith was number four, Fair enough. which is impressive. I mean, Absolutely. our our U.S. women's team has traditionally been very good, and we have two of the top yeah. five yeah. kids in the world, yeah. according I, to this article. And I would say that, like, we have been so advanced for a number of reasons. A, I think we, I think the U.S. put resources into women's soccer before many other countries did, um, so it would help develop grassroots early. I think um, we tend to have some of the best athletes. You know, so I think that as we continue to grow technically and tactically with this athletic ability that we have, mm -hmm. you know, we'll just continue to, to create, to, to have better and better players. And I think, um, you know, so it's, it's not surprising to see those two ladies on that, on that list. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm going to go look that list up now and see. Why do you think the U.S. men's team struggles so much? Is it just because soccer on the, I mean, soccer on the roll is just insane. I mean, the Premier League and, I mean, the World Cup in general. I mean, so many talented people around the world. Why do you think the U.S. men always struggle? That's even a valid question. No, I mean, it's fair. Everybody asks yeah. it. I think, um, I think, you know, we have so much competition from other sports. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think the the fact that you know the major sports in the U.S. being American football and basketball and and baseball, they they really dominate the best athletes that that the United States is able to 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 bring out and I so and I also think that being a newer sport I think you start seeing the US producing more and more better better players now because mm -hmm. their parents grew up like like me grew up playing soccer or being a soccer fan and so it you're not in it. We're getting past the generation of parents that, well, I don't know anything about soccer, but my kids play. You know, we're getting to that place where, where people know, the parents know about soccer and they appreciate soccer and they encourage soccer, you know. So I think, I think hopefully in the next few years, you know, hopefully this, this summer or this fall when the World Cup happens, mm -hmm. you know, our team shows really well we do have some really good young players i think our average age for the men's national team is like 24 years old which is one of the youngest in the Concacaf region which will still be one of the youngest in the world cup so that bodes really well mm -hmm. because we're hosting the world cup in 2026 mm -hmm. along with mexico and canada we should have an automatic berth in there mm -hmm. so those players that are going to be getting this experience now be 26 7 8 yeah so hopefully it, it sets us up to be really successful in 2026. But, you know, let's hope we do well this year. Mm -hmm. You're a big uh, Premier League guy. I hear. Oh, yeah. Who do you root for? Liverpool. How'd that go this year? Well, it depends on what you're looking for. For the league? Um, the league, they lost by one point. Okay. It's my life. Story of my <laughs> life. 
<laughs> we lost the mic by one point. Um, Someone in compliance uh, told me to ask you that. Oh, yeah. yes. I'm not going to give away any names. Well, but. he's lucky. <laughs> he said that. He's <laughs> lucky. He's <laughs> the last person that needs to be talking <laughs> any trash here. But, um, yeah, Liverpool, but Liverpool plays in the Champions League final against Real Madrid on Saturday. So, 3 o'clock on Saturday, 3 o'clock U.S. time mm-hmm. from Paris. Yeah, see, that's my problem with following soccer is I don't even never know who's playing in what game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know the NBA schedule, and oh, I know, yeah. like, the Cavs play in the NBA, and they'll never play in another league other than the NBA. Yeah. Well, you can look the schedules up online. <laughs> this Google engine thing. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> they can help you. You guys are always playing these different tournaments. That's true. And Euro, well, you just said something about a Euro Cup. Yeah. And yeah. You so, said something. So, so you, you talked about a Euro League. Cup. Uh, you talked about a World Cup. Oh, yeah. Well, the you World talk- Cup's national teams. So yeah. you got you got the you got the Premier League, which is the domestic league in England. So you got twenty teams that play in the the Premier League, and that's and then, only in England. That's only in England. Every country has their own league, domestic league. Like we have the MLS. You know, Spain. So which league? Which which league is so, the best league? Which country has the best league? Uh, in your opinion, arguably England at this point, but I think La Liga in Spain, um, Syria and Italy, they might have it. You know. They would argue for that. Bundesliga in Germany. See, now you're just showing off. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not showing off for soccer people. <laughs> um, but but the best teams from each of those domestic leagues play in the Champions League. And they go through a tournament format. And so it advances all the way to a final. So how many teams, like how many teams from the Premier League would make the, would you say Champions League? Four teams. So the top four teams from the. From the. Premier League make the Champions League group stage. And then what happens? So there's 32 teams, I believe. No, uh, yeah, 32 teams in the group stage of the Champions League. So four, four, four teams from eight countries, eight countries' leagues. Roughly. That I assume no, no, not, that we're not, not a part every, of. No, not every country gets four teams in. The mm-hmm. best leagues get four teams in. The next would get three. Okay. In the small country leagues, like like Scotland or Austria or something like that, would just get one team in. Does the Does anybody from the MLS get to play? No, they have a Concacaf Champions League, which consists of, of all the teams yeah. from Canada, um, Canada MLS, Mexican League, Guatemalan League, Panamanian League, Costa Rican League. Yeah. I've heard of that one. I was in Vegas when that was going on. Well, was and Seattle. <laughs> Don't bet on it. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. It and Seattle <laughs> won the CONCACAF Champions League this past year, just last month. The first MLS team to ever win the CONCACAF Champions League. Seattle Sounders. An wow. MLS team. Interesting. Okay, but go back to the – so the Premier the, – the Champion League. Yeah. That After that, is that then, – then, then what? After you win that, you just – Champion of the year. Then what's the, what's the Euro Cup? That's national teams. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Euro, right. European Championships. And World and Cup or national Cup. teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how often do those occur? For every four years. Asking for a friend. I knew all this. Just There's some people out. Some of our listeners aren't as quite as yeah. familiar with the soccer as I am. Every four years. Is what? Both the European Championships and the uh, the World Cup. Are they at the same time, at the same years, or are they every two years? Every two years, basically. That's smart. Yeah. That's a good idea, whoever yeah. is in charge of that. Well, FIFA and UEFA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always been a FIFA fan. Yeah. You're the yeah. only one. You play that video. <laughs> You're the only one, man. <laughs> Not many people in the world are FIFA fans. Well, I'm unique. I'm yeah, you are. <laughs> unique in that regard. You are. We've gone 30 minutes with you. Thanks so much. That was it. Are we done? Yeah. I mean, we can't. We can be. Oh, we, we don't we, have to be. Yeah, we, we can't be done. We are going to want this be. information. Okay. So, <laughs> you, uh, you're, you're... Very particular about the shoes you wear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Give me all time top five shoes you've ever owned. Oh my god! They don't Ooh. even have to all be sneakers. Just give me top five, and they may not be like uh, you know we were talking before about the original Climacools that came out in '98 uh, or something. Yeah. Um, Was it '98? I don't know, like seven, I don't it was know, 17 years ago. What I, year is it now? 2022? It probably could have been maybe late 90s. 90, yeah, mid-90s, yeah, mid yeah. to late 90s. Late 90s. Yeah. Um, or early 2000s. Early 2000s. My favorite shoes I carried the one time. incorrectly. 
Yeah, just go yeah. on my spreadsheet. I could get your spreadsheet. Get out my spreadsheet. Out. Out. What are my favorite shoes of all time? Man, you know, I'll tell you a little story. And I don't own a pair. I owned a pair in high school. So when when I was in high school, I played soccer and tennis. And at the time, John McEnroe was still playing. And he wore this pair of shoes. And they've re-released them this year, and I'm going to go buy a pair if I can get some. The Nike Air Trainer 1. And I that was my favorite shoe of all time. And I played tennis because John McEnroe did. And I... That that is my fondest memory of a shoe, really, truly, and, yep. and maybe that was how I really enjoyed shoes from that point on. It was a shoe that I had to have. I w- and my parents bought it for me, and it was the coolest thing ever that I got to wear. Th- and I wore those things till they had holes in them. <laughs> and to this day, I still look at them every time and have fond memories. And they re-released them probably. So this is probably 1987, probably when they that shoe first came out. 86, 87. And they re-released them probably 10 years ago, and I, I was going to buy them, and then I decided, I don't know why I didn't buy them, but they have re-released them, I'm going to buy them now. I know I'm not supposed it, to talk about Nike. But no, but I no. can relate to that, because I, I think uh, that my first pair of Jordans that I got uh-huh. as a basketball player, mm-hmm. I'll never forget them, yeah. and, I, and saving up to get them, and they, like... Nothing else will ever compare to them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because yeah. now, like, you can buy whatever. You not only say you can buy whatever you want to buy, but I ain't getting no Balenciagas. Uh, or right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get that. I get that. But like, it was just that. Gym shoe it was on, like yeah. that first. Yeah. Right, because basketball was so important to me, and then like saving up to get the Jordans, and then get your first pair of Jordans was like, yeah. oh man. Yeah. And I wore them. You know, as a basketball player, you, you know, I didn't dare wear them outside, right? Like, I carried yeah. them to the gym every day yeah, and back and forth. And then, you know, once they're no longer good enough to wear in the gym, then you start wearing them different places, and you just wear them and wear them and wear them until you can't wear them anymore. Yeah, yeah. So that – I can appreciate that story. I, You know, interestingly enough, I never have owned a pair of Jordans. Never owned a pair of Jordans. And, that, I mean, that's streetwear now. Like yeah, it's right. Not just, yeah, it's nobody's not even, playing basketball. Knows. No, I mean – and. I still I, I remember I remember a friend of mine in when I was in seventh grade. That was the year nineteen eighty six mm-hmm. when Jordans came out. When the very first what are they called them breads now mm-hmm. or whatever the black and red yeah. ones came out. Yeah. And or no, the the white the white, red and black ones. Those were the original ones that came out. And I remember when my friend got those and I thought, Wow, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. You know. Well, I never got a pair. Yeah. I never had yeah. one, but I mean, that just shows how old I am to remember. That very first, Same. that well, very yes. first yes. Jordan that came out, thinking, and then now looking back to that, what, in kind of a a an instigator to an unbelievable culture. That was the beginning, yeah. Right, the, the yeah, initiator, yeah. to a, a, an unbelievable culture. The the Spike Lee commercials, yeah, and yeah. like that was the beginning of pop culture and streetwear and shoes yeah. and becoming yeah, absolutely insane like they were the first pair of tennis shoes that were a hundred dollars oh, right yeah. can you imagine oh gosh i'm sure your parents like mine were like we're not paying $100 no, for heck no shoes. For gym like, shoes? are you kidding me no man <laughs> get out of here no i mean that was you know that's the thing like you talk about footwear and like being a soccer player and you talk about basketball shoes i mean my first my first pair of copa mundial soccer cleats i mean like the adidas copa mundial like no very few people wear them anymore but they're the most iconic soccer cleat of all time man and having those and and flipping your tongue over and just you right. were you were so cool you know playing in those and and i remember playing in college uh we played on the old at north texas we played on the old turf like artificial turf not the new stuff like like what actually kind of like what the field hockey field is mm-hmm. and you can't wear cleats on that you have to wear flats and so they had um the Adidas Sambas, and they would have this pair called the Samba Ks, which were made of kangaroo leather, oh. not just full grain calfskin. Mm. You go with the Samba Ks, <laughs> and they had the tongue like the Copas <laughs> that flipped over. And boy, I was so cool having those. And I played my call it my home games because we were on the turf. Uh-huh. 
with those with those shoes and they re-released those recently and i did get a pair of those so i have those in my attic <laughs> i don't ever wear them but i have them <laughs> That's and, so cool. and my 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 16 year old self would be really jealous of yeah them. Well, the Sambas are iconic, right? I yeah, mean, they, that's an iconic they, they, shoe too. Yeah, like Adidas and soccer have gone hand in hand for years, and yeah, absolutely. The, absolutely. With the gazelles and the Sambas. Gazelles. I mean, I remember my first pair of gazelles too. I mean, what an amazing pair of shoes, and I I still have a couple pairs of those, but I don't, I don't ever wear them. But they still, I mean, people still rock those, and they're amazing. Yeah. You know, and obviously, when when we here at Ohio University went with Adidas, I mean. That was awesome. You were the happiest coach yeah, on staff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt because, yeah. as Bob said, it's like it's hand-in-hand hand, soccer and Adidas. Yeah. And so, like, listen, I was in hog heaven. <laughs> not not that, listen, Nike and, and has amazing soccer stuff now, too. So, yeah. I mean, we would have whatever. But Adidas definitely is the more iconic soccer brand yeah. with, obviously, a much, much richer – history mm. in soccer going back to the nineteen fifty two World Cup. Mm. I mean nineteen forty eight maybe even. Before Jake was born. <laughs> Before all of us were born. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> oh God. Well Aaron, we've uh, almost gone forty minutes yeah. with you, so uh you, you guys thank you so much. Pay by the minute here? Um <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm more I I just am grateful for everyone's time. That's all he knows just because I mean doing pregame interviews with him i'm just always conscious of people's time so i know you guys are both busy so i talk forever very busy yeah i can always talk forever so do we want to ask him anything else uh i'm good i feel like i need another i need another pop you gotta ask like popular culture because he has hot (laughs) he has hot takes that you you can get to not political not politics not going there but like there's got to be there will be like this there's gonna be a tea i am teasing our summer series and you're gonna be on it too. I can't. I can't say anything. I mean, this is a podcast. I can edit it out. But we are yeah. going to have a summer series with coaches, and we already have a sponsor and everything. So, so mm. don't worry. You're th- those will come. Trust me. I promise. Sponsor. So yeah, of course. Yes. What um? What's, you, what's your favorite watch? You also love watches. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> you love do love watches. watches. Yeah. Tell me your favorite one. Gosh, my favorite watch. Um, probably I don't own one. But probably an Omega Speedmaster would probably be my favorite. I don't own one. They're they're hard to come by these days, and okay. they're pretty expensive. But I mean, if oh, it, you get rid of it once those two kids get out of the house, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, I mean, your son has just sprinted past you in height. Oh my so gosh, yeah, really? Oh yeah, <laughs> he's probably three or four inches taller than me. I and I heard know. the other day he's a better goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I'll tell you the one, <laughs> the the one thing that I never had control of that I wish I did was my height. And he obviously has that. Yeah. So he's got it. Yeah, he's definitely got some potential there from a physical standpoint. And I can tell you this: he's only in ninth grade, mm-hmm. but he kicks the ball much better and efficiently at ninth as a ninth grader or fifteen year old than I did when I was a ninth grader or fifteen years old. Really? Absolutely, yeah. Do you put him in the goal with the girls? Just shoot down Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. He does. I mean, he does well. Mm-hmm. He does well. They get kind of irritated. <laughs> but he, he does well, and they want to score. I mean, I play sometimes with our players, and yeah. they get so, they get so like, amped up to score on me, too. But I talk a lot of trash, too. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about the time that you uh, – you are – you were a goalie in college uh, or a professional goalie. But tell us about the time where you took on the field hockey team. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, that's a totally different sport. I will say that I was really good at it. Um, <laughs> but one one of the things that they told me immediately, because I don't know, it, field hockey is, is obviously, um, it's, it's a little bit unique sport. Mm-hmm. It's not everywhere. And so I never knew anything about it until I came here. And the ball is really hard. Yeah, and as a goalkeeper, you're putting your body in between the ball, a really hard ball, and that net. And but you do have pads on, but the pads, if you move in a certain way, expose your your flesh <laughs> and your bones. 
And one of the most important things that they, the coaches told me to do was don't go down on your knees because you do that, you're going to expose your knees and your kneecap, mm. and you don't want the ball to hit there. Oh. So what did I proceed to do the very first time <laughs> the ball was coming at me? I went down on my knees, and the ball smacked me right mm. in, the, in the kneecap. And I was bruised and very sore for the next, oh, at least a week oh, because man. that ball is very hard. Well, that would have been your – but that's your natural instinct. It, if exactly. it was a soccer ball. Very similar, You yeah. would have done something similar. Similar, yeah. Right? Absolutely. And and so, yes, because you can't use your – you don't have hands in field hockey goalie. You use a stick in one hand, and then the <laughs> other hand you have, like, this blocker thing. <laughs> like, 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 it's just like you have a flat hand. And so – and in goalie, obviously, you catch it. Correct. It comes to you, and you catch it. Well, here, here I am with this blocker thing <laughs> and <laughs> this stick, and I'm like, I can't catch it. Drop to my knees. <laughs> Bam. That hurt. And so, but I did. I mean, I have still a video, and I still show people the video of that. Uh -huh. and that was probably three years ago that I did that, mm. and it was definitely pre-COVID. And um, yeah. but different, right? I mean, you're used to you're used to being free. Yeah. And like you said, using your hands and defending this large goal. Yeah. And now you're armored up, yeah. right? Yeah. No hands. No as hands. You no hands. The blocker thing <laughs> makes you feel awkward. But I'll tell and a, you. But a smaller goal. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like yeah, a smaller ball. Well, yeah, and a smaller yeah. ball. But I was good. You want to do it again? Yeah, I'd love to do it again. I tell Allie all the time. Yeah. But they always she, – she needed me that day because they only had one goalie. Mm. And they wanted to play a game with two goalies. And so they needed – and so that's why I got to go. I think I don't think they. I think they've had enough goalkeepers now. Mm. So, I think yeah, we we could definitely mic you up. Oh man, I'm in. Up. I'm in on yeah. that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that I've never I've never been asked. What? If you're wondering, if you want to do it to join, that would be fun. No, not to be mic'd up. You you I can been asked oh. that, you I've can never, come play goalkeeper I've for <laughs> soccer. <laughs> yeah. And be mic'd up. It'll boost everyone's confidence. You'll have 39 all conference kids that day. But yeah, you can definitely come play goalkeeper and, and be mic'd up at soccer. That would be real fun. Yeah, that would actually be fun. You can catch a ball. Yeah. I mean, you play yeah. basketball. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like you you were. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like people like I catch a ball when they're passing it to me, <laughs> not when they're trying to kick it as hard as they can. But you're athletic. You'll move well on the goal. Like, uh, I, I, thank you, Jake. You're welcome. Thank you. I, but I mean, thank I, you. I, I, I you. It won't be as awkward, I think, as you probably think it will be. I, I, okay. yeah, I hope you're right. Okay. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I, 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 I think it'll I, be as awkward as yeah. you think. It doesn't matter how athletic you are. I think yeah. the whole movement oh, okay. at goalkeeping and soccer is yeah. such a such a learned skill yeah. because you know you have to learn like how to move your feet if you don't want to <laughs> dive, and if if you need to dive, how do you move your feet to dive because okay. you can't. You can't. I mean, the goal is twenty-four feet wide. You know, you you can't get to some things without leaving the ground and diving yeah. and yeah. stretching your body out. So learning how to do that. If anything's within here, yeah. like your arm span, wingspan, you'd be all right. Yeah, but I'm always amazed, that, and and that speaks to. I think I think people that watch NBA games think that the NBA guys don't play hard because they're all so stinking good yeah. and they are so efficient with their movement. It looks like they're not trying, but if you put a normal person out there, they would get destroyed. Oh my gosh. And yeah. by the same token, I think we think lay people would think, Oh, I could play goalie. But when I watch top 10 goals or sports center or whatever, and I just see professional goalkeepers completely bamboozled. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's to your point, right? Yeah. Like, all of a sudden you have to jump and you weren't planning on jumping or the ball you're defending 24 feet. Mm -hmm. Right. Like yeah. that's, that's a lot of space to defend and are you going to dive? Are you not? And yeah. All the other things that are going on around you. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I, I, I can see it being something that many people would think looks easy. And like you said, if the ball was, I, I have a lot of confidence that if the ball was in this area, I could put my body on it somehow and stop you, you it. You definitely could. Yeah, it probably would hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Not as bad Not as, as, bad as field the field hockey ball, but it probably hurt. Yeah. I don't but know. like if it's over there, I don't know that I would I don't know that I would get it? to it. Yeah. I don't know how I would do it. Dive. What about like penalty kicks? I mean, that has to, as a goalkeeper, is that just a a different kind of adrenaline rush? Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of it's a chance kind of thing because yeah. they're 
kicking from 12 yards and, you know, they kick it so hard or they'll place it so well. I mean, yeah. it doesn't even matter. If they place it well with some pace on it, it doesn't matter if you're starting to dive over there as they kick it, you know, or it's still going to go in. I mean, and so it's definitely in the kicker's favor on a, on a penalty. Um, but, yeah, if you save it, man, boy, you feel amazing. Yeah. You feel amazing. Do you practice? Is that a, is that something that you? Or I guess is I you practice? Obviously, you practice it. Yeah. How often? Not a ton. I mean, not how good. often? Not how often ton. is it? It's only going to happen what five times during your season? Yeah, I mean, most of the time you spend time practicing it when you're going in the postseason. When obviously yeah. that's how a game could be decided on 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 penalty yeah. kicks. So, um, you know, we we typically have a specific couple of players that will take those penalties in in game in the regular season so they usually we don't spend a lot of time as a team training right. that mm -hmm. we do though going into postseason for sure yeah so if i'm your worst player i'm not getting any penalty <laughs> kick reps at practice yeah, it's like no. we're not it's not gonna get to you bold and just <laughs> no <laughs> stand, stand <laughs> in line stay and cheer yeah put the go put the penny on just cheer real loud. yeah do you uh like ties well, interesting, uh, interesting um, subject. So yeah. this year, the NCAA, because, you know, we play golden goal. So in a regular season, if you're tied after 90 minutes, you go to two 10-minute overtime periods. And if you score in that any time in that ten, two 10 minutes, you win the game. No, no chance for the opposing team, whatever. Well, this year they put it out to a vote to see if we would, in regular season, end at a tie. And it passed. So okay. no more overtime in regular season anymore. So really? you, you play 90 minutes and you're zero zero one one whatever the score is, the game ends in a tie. So no overtime. Did yeah. you vote for that? I did. That's a good rule. Yeah. So I, and and th this is my rationale. And, and again, it's my opinion. People may – I know a lot of college coaches love the golden goal because they made it – it was exciting and it, you know. But, but my, my rationale is if you can end a game in a tie, why play another 20 minutes? just to see if you can find a winner, especially when we play such a condensed season yeah. as it is. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like we're playing 90 minutes, and if you play the whole 90 minutes, you're running six, seven miles mm -hmm. in, that, in that 90 minutes, right? And then we're playing two days later, two, three days later, in another 90-minute game. So why add that extra 20 minutes yeah. if the game can still end in a tie? Now, if we went – regular season and said all right you go to extra time and if you don't then you go to the penalty kicks okay sure. then that's yeah. different right. because we are we're finding an outright winner well we don't find an outright winner all the time mm -hmm. so why play the extra yeah. 20 minutes yeah no I, I think that's excellent especially yeah. in this day and age and the more and more we're learning about the health of our you know i i think that i think that 20 extra 20 minutes was a good idea 20 years ago yeah and we didn't know any better yeah Right, but now we know better, yeah. and it's like, how many more minutes are we gonna? You've already asked your kids to play for ninety minutes. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And it, and as you said, if it's a tournament, we have to get a winner. Yeah, gotta like we got to play till somebody wins. Yeah. That's the way it works. Yeah. But on a random Wednesday night, if we're willing to say it's a tie, then why are we putting our kids through twenty more minutes of soccer? Right. Like, yeah. let's end it. Let's get these kids home. Let's get like we have. We have uh, we have to play again in two days. We have they have tests tomorrow. They yeah. have stuff to do. Um, you train and you prepare your kids to play a ninety minute soccer game. You don't prepare your kids to play a hundred and ten minute soccer game, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So let's let the kids train to prepare to play what they're going to play, and we'll keep it moving. I think that's I think yeah. You I mean, guys that, deserve a lot of credit. And that's for that. it. That was my rationale. And I know some coaches were upset because they wanted that that excitement of that golden goal win and so and, but i also felt like it's so punitive it's so punitive the golden goal like you play 90 minutes and you play a one minute of extra time and if you give up a goal you don't even have yeah. a chance to to redeem yourself mm -hmm. and and i've been on both sides of that here like we've scored a goal in the first minute of extra time and wow what a great feeling that is but i've also been on the other side of that and i don't that that other side of it doesn't make up for the side that when you do win. No, and you guys are so good defensively that it is a like that to me. That overtime is a disadvantage to you, right? Yeah. Like because you guys over time are not going to give up a lot of goals. Yeah. You might give up a goal, like you said in the first minute. Yeah. But yeah, but over the course of the oh, game, you're yeah. not going to right. So and and that's the whole way your game is played. Yeah. Your game isn't isn't like 
our game where it's like score, score, score. Mm-hmm. It's like the the percentages play out. If you get enough shots on goal, you're going to score. Yeah. If you don't give up shots on goal, and there'll be some outliers, but you guys have always been very strategic and very disciplined and very good defensively where you don't give up a lot of shots on goals, yeah. right? Yeah, so it's hard. I mean, it's hard to score goals. I mean, you can get 25 shots in a game and score one goal or yeah. not any goals. I mean, you know, it's it's, just, it's a it's a – it's definitely a difficult game, but the golden the golden goal doesn't make sense to me in that regard. It's yeah. it, it almost is not in the spirit of your game. Yeah, because yeah. that's not that's not how and, and college and and college soccer is the I think the only place that actually plays that. I know and FIFA has trialed it at different places. I know the European Championships of 1996 was won on a golden goal, but that was the last year that they ever did a golden goal in that level of a competition. You know, they play out. I mean, in, in FIFA competitions, that you don't need a winner. Like a knockout, you go to you tie. Mm-hmm. Ties are part of our sport. That's what I like about FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> Always thinking <laughs> proactively. Yes, they, they're forward thinking league. Yeah, well, it's not a league really. Organization. That last day has to be association, yeah, right? It is. It's <laughs> I don't French, know what the first three letters <laughs> are, but the last one's got to be association. I think it's French too. Um, Football's probably in there somewhere. Federation. International Football Association or something like that. Yeah. Well, there is a Google machine that we could use. Yes, the Google machine. Google. It's everywhere. It can also give you schedules schedules. of all soccer games. All soccer games. I'm I'm going (laughs) to Google that. Uh,. You're officially the longest interview we've ever had on Bobcat Tracks this year, this season. So he should Shocker. be. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> only right. Shocker. <laughs> uh, Aaron, we appreciate it. We uh, we'll talk to you again this summer. We awesome. promise. I look forward to it. Of course. Once again, big thanks to Aaron Rodgers for taking the time out. Our longest interview, like I said, on Bobcat Tracks. We haven't, <laughs> but uh, Aaron was awesome. I, I think he. We definitely need to have Aaron on more. But you can also tell Bob that uh, there there is a. Uh, there's a talent side too of, of Aaron Rodgers in the podcast world, and uh, he he showed that today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's very articulate, and he's he's got a, a vast vocabulary, and he shared it all, and his knowledge of the world and cities, and yeah. in both Texas and and throughout the throughout the world. And I will have to in our summer series bring up some of those pop culture takes that that you were that you said that he had. He has he, several. He has several. Uh, I can't wait yes. to. Uh, divulge deeper into that in our in later this summer so yeah you um, just scratched the surface of his shoe collection there's <laughs> there's much much more there oh great i will have to come to you before we talk to him and later this summer so yeah i promise we will yeah you probably should have him and steph on at the same time that would him and steph yeah have, and maybe maybe even lamar i would throw lamar in there okay. too yeah okay and, and have a shoe episode shoe episode it would, with be, it would be very interesting lamar steph and aaron honestly yes. Schultz and I don't even have to be in that. We'll just give them three headsets, yes. and that's it. Yes. We, we may just yeah, let Aaron it. run it. Yeah, that actually would be a that's good idea. That's actually, uh, yeah. Boy, we're solving, we're solving, we're yeah, solving we're, problems we're of the world today, we're too. We're solving all of our, <laughs> some of our summer problems on the record, and it's yeah. going to be great. Uh, thank you for pinch hitting for, for Schultz. Of course. He appreciates it, too. Yeah, it's great to be here. I enjoyed it. Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, I'll see you whenever I see you next. I don't know when that will be, but. Probably tomorrow. Probably tomorrow. All right. Well, (laughs) I'll see you tomorrow. All right. Take care, Jake. (laughs) 